0: The scripture this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, 14th through the 17th verses. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all so that those who live, might live no longer for themselves but for him who died and was raised for them from now on therefore we regard no one from a human point of view even though we once (coughs) knew christ from a human point of view we know him no longer in that way So, if everyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Uh, I'm doing things a little different today. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to share some stories, and I want to uh, make a caveat. The first two stories are are somewhat true. Well, they're true stories, as I recall. <laughs> uh, but I, the, my real point is the the third story is completely made up. So don't try to attach names to that. And will you tell your dad to cut this part out of the <laughs> the audio? <clears throat> Robert sat outside the donut shop most days begging for change. He would sometimes have a little cardboard sign explaining his plight. Out of work? Anything helps? Vet down on his luck? Anything helps? Why lie? I need a beer. Anything helps? (laughs) But most of the time, he would just ask for change. Spare change, sir? Spare change. He always had on the same torn pants, a dirty sweatshirt over what I imagine is an even dirtier t-shirt, torn up tennis shoes, no socks, and a Cleveland Indians baseball cap. Since I was the designated donut fetcher in my office in San Francisco, I saw him quite frequently. Usually, I would go out of my way not to have to be confronted, but I had been challenged a couple of days earlier by a reading in Luke about the rich man and Lazarus. Long story short, things did not go well for the rich man who ignored Lazarus as he begged outside his estate. Wanting to avoid the same fate, I decided I ought not ignore this street beggar. Can I get you a cup of coffee or something? I asked him as I passed by, cutting off his query about change before he could even ask. That would be nice, sir. Six sugars and six creams if you don't mind, sir. No problem. I went in and ordered the donuts for the shop and added two coffees. Here you go. Creamers fell from my arms as I attempted to pass the load to him. Thank you, he said have a donut I offered him the pick as I opened the lid no thanks the coffee will do me fine what's your name Robert sir not Bob not Rob or Robbie just Robert okay Robert I'm Curtis nice to meet you sir are you an Indians fan I asked pointing to his hat no sir I'm a San Francisco Giants fan through and through oh really so are you from here yes sir when I was a child my dad used to take us up to candlestick to see all the greats Robert went on to tell me about seeing Willie Mays play and rattled off some statistics he talked about his dad driving to candlestick early and he and his brother playing catch while they waited for the gates to open I told him that my son and I had just gone to a game and saw Barry Bonds hit two out of the park. It was my first professional sports game. My son was three weeks old and slept through the entire thing. (laughs) As we sat there drinking coffee and swapping stories about baseball, Robert ceased to be a beggar on the street and became to me just a guy talking about the game. It was funny how he seemed to be not as disheveled and dirty as he had before. He stopped calling me sir at some point and we laughed. Shared our frustration with Candlestick Park being renamed and then closed. Talked about how the neighborhood had changed over the years. When I finally left, he got up and walked down the street. We were like two neighborhood friends passing each other on the walk. I never saw Robert nor most other people on the street in quite the same way after that. He wasn't a beggar on the street. It was Robert who was looking for a little help and who, has, who was a die-hard San Francisco Giants fan. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from human point of view Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know Him no longer in that way. Lillian was a sight. She was confined to a wheelchair and was quite large. On the top of her head, she had a blonde wig that looked as though it was plopped there from some unknown force from above. Her gray hair flew out from under it and the color of the wig was such a contrast it looked, well, ridiculous. She would wave her arms when we sang familiar hymns as though she were conducting the pianist. She seemed to know them all. She often had a smile on her face and if you talked to her, she was as likely to babble gibberish as anything. After the Friday hymn service, at the convalescent home, we would always help roll the residents back to their rooms. This particular day, I grabbed onto Lillian. And it was on this day that I actually learned her name. Prior to this day, she was just one of the many elderly and feeble people living out the last days in this rest home. We were there to offer some peace and comfort. I was there to hone some of my skills as a preacher. It was really brilliant. I could have an audience, but didn't have to worry about how much they were really getting out of my sermon because it was clear that they had long ago stopped really comprehending what was going on. They did love to sing those old hymns though. They always perked right up when the piano started and they sang all the words like it was a part of them as i was pushing the wheelchair i asked her can you tell me your name lillian o'connor she replied with gusto oh are you irish my husband was i'm german my maiden name was (laughs) gunter i started reminiscing about when i lived in germany a bit and then we reached her room do you want to see my photo album she asked with a hope for a positive response in her voice certainly i replied We went into a room that she shared with another resident and she wheeled over to her dresser. There was a couple of pictures of what must have been her husband and their children and a stuffed animal and a bouquet of dried, or rather dead, flowers. She opened her drawer and pulled out a rather old-looking album. It was oversized and pretty thick and heavy. I helped put it on her lap. And she wheeled back, gesturing for me to sit on the bed. She then handed me the album. As I opened it, I was immediately taken by the photographs. These were not home photos of her childhood and her family taken on Polaroids. These were professional pictures of her and her twin sister. One of the first pictures was a playbill that read across the top, The Ziegfeld Follies, and at the bottom it read featuring the Gunderson sisters. And there was Lillian, or Lily as she was known on the bill, and her twin sister Rose, dressed in beautiful flowing gowns. She was gorgeous. She began to tell me of her days as a dancer with her sister in the Ziegfeld Follies and in other vaudeville acts all over New York City. She described how her and her sister ran away to New York when they were 16 to become famous. (laughs) Story after story, page after page, she opened up her life like the book she held in her lap. It was fascinating. When I finally got up to leave and we shook hands and said our goodbyes, I looked at Lillian with new eyes. She had had an entire life before coming here. She had been glamorous. She had been exotic and extraordinary. I thought she had come here to die, yet here she was still sharing herself with me and others and the world. Still contributing by telling her story. Her gibberish became wisdom her wig suddenly seemed more than just a silly head covering, but something of a reminiscence from a gone, long gone era. Furthermore, I began to look at all the residents in different ways. I began trying to authentically minister to them and with them when I showed up there on Fridays. Lillian opened my eyes And showed me that one's life does not end when one is no longer young and able to do everything one used to do. Vitality is in the living and the sharing and the singing of the hymn. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know Him no longer in that way, I had known Tim since we were kids. Our houses were close by each other. Our parents were den, our mothers were den mothers together when we were in Cub Scouts. In junior high, we liked the same girl who preferred Nick Blakely to either of us. And in high school, we liked completely different girls. <laughs> We went to college together for a semester, but then, as often happens, we went our separate ways. We kept in touch over the years, sending Christmas and birthday cards, keeping track of each other over Facebook. Then when Tim moved back to the Bay Area, we picked up right where we left off. I can't think of anyone who knows me better or longer than Tim and vice versa. That's why I was so blown away when he asked me and about five or six other really close friends over one night to announce that he had decided after much thought and prayer to begin to live life as a woman. I could have been knocked over with a feather. I have always deep down felt like a woman. I have never felt comfortable being a man as long as I can remember, he said. As far back as I can remember, it's like something didn't quite fit. Are you gay? Someone asked. No, I I still like women, although there's a slight chance that may change after I receive my gender reassignment procedure. In some cases, people find themselves on the other end of the spectrum. You're going to have surgery in the whole bit? Another person chimed in. Yes, but that's really a couple of years away. But I start hormones in two weeks, he replied. Wait, so you're going to be a woman who likes women? Another person asked. Clearly, they were confused. Yes, she said. So I guess I'm a lesbian. There were several jokes at this point, and to be honest, I didn't say anything. I didn't know what to say. Tim had always been such a guy, yeah? You know? He drank beer. He liked to hunt. He worked on cars. He rode a motorcycle. I had known many transgender people in my life and certainly didn't think there was something wrong or even peculiar about it, but I always knew them after the fact. This was different. This was someone I had always known as Tim. Tim. Tim went on to explain some details about the hormone therapy and the counseling he had received and will continue to receive. He told us about how his parents had reacted. His mom seemed to already know, but his dad seemed to really be struggling. Tim and I had lunch a few days later, and as we talked, he reminded me that he was the same person, that it was his body that was changing, not his heart or who he was inside. Not long after, Tim became Tess at a coming out party. She came out of the bedroom completely done over. She looked, well, frankly, she looked like Tim dressed in drag. It was Tim in women's clothing. She didn't look like a stage drag queen or anything like a performer but she didn't look like a woman either it wasn't so much that i was put off by this as much as i was concerned about how the world would react to tess what were people going to do at work what about the landlord or the people in her building there are cruel people out there maybe if she wasn't so tall the high heels don't help, i got to say. Well, that was 5 years ago. Nothing tragic happened. Work wrapped their heads around it. Tess still has the same job. Tess has not been Tim for a long time. And i realized the other night at dinner at a dinner party, as she and her partner were chatting with another couple, i realized that i don't remember What Tim looked like. I had known this person my entire life, and in five years, he had become completely replaced in my mind by Tess. I had to look at an old picture on my cell phone to even recall whether or not Tim had a beard. It was as though she had been Tess her entire life. As I looked at her, I no longer saw her prominent jaw or her masculine features. She had become softer and more girl-shaped. But more than that, she was not as standoffish as she used to be when she was Tim. She was not so hesitant to draw attention to herself. She was more confident than I had ever seen her in her entire life. And Tim was always convinced that he would not get the promotion or not get the girl or not get the grades needed to move forward. We were constantly trying to build him up and help him feel great about himself because he was a great guy. Tess never says things like that. Tim was always a bit fidgety and nervous, like he was always ready to leave. The only time he seemed to relax was when we were all out alone in the woods or fishing or something. But Tess always seemed pretty relaxed. I hadn't really thought of it until just now. Later, I caught Tess alone grabbing a beer out of the fridge. I said, you were wrong, you know. She looked at me, about what? You said that you were the same person still. That's not true you are completely different. You are who you should have been. Who you really are. You're finally at home in your own skin. You are who God made you to be. And I'm so grateful you found your way to being Tess. Stories like these get me wondering. Paul tells us, that in Christ, there is a new creation. The old has passed away and everything has become new. I wonder if what is really new is not only our individual selves, but also our perception of the people in our lives. Perhaps an important part, and maybe even the most important part, is to no longer look at the world and the people in it from a human perspective, but from the viewpoint of everything being made new in our perceptions, in the way we see people. Perhaps this is what transforms all of creation. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And He died for all, so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for Him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we no longer know Him in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we come to You committing ourselves to knowing You, not with human understanding, but through that Holy Spirit that You have given us. Help us, God, as we have become a new creation in You, That we might see the newness in creation all around us and in the people who come in contact with us. May we see their hearts as You see them. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.